Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, Agency Owner? If you're new here, I've got a free ebook on how to scale your business to multiple six and even seven figures by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself as the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is DM me the word gift on Facebook at Brent Weaver. That's facebook.com slash Brent Weaver. And I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in business and life. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners? Quick disclosure about today's episode. We get into some topics around crypto, around NFTs, around decentralized finance. And today's episode should be viewed only as opinion and is for information purposes only. It is not intended to be investment advice of any kind. Please seek a duly licensed professional for investment advice. All right, let's get to it. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners? Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver. And today we are hanging out with a friend of mine, Daniel De Piazza. He is a martial artist, a best selling author, a serial entrepreneur with, with success in media, marketing, and e commerce industries. And right now he's doing a lot of talking about Web 3.0, about crypto, about NFTs. And we're going to hit those topics and probably a lot more on today's show. Daniel, welcome to the program, man. Oh man, that was a professional intro. I feel like I I feel like I'm in classic 1990s radio. That was great. <laughs> well, hopefully I don't have to uh to go back and, and and re-record. So that's when I get it right the first time, I feel I feel good about myself. My grandfather always said I had a face for radio. <laughs> I'm not sure it's a compliment, dude. <laughs> he said, I don't care what they say about you behind your back. I like you. I said, Oh, thanks, grandpa. <laughs> That's a sounds like a good man. So, uh, well, dude, you've you've been. Uh, I mean, you know, you you got your start with uh, with Rich Twenty Something. You've run multiple successful businesses. You've got your Alpha Mentorship Program. You've got a lot of stuff going on. You got your your DVD fitness business, which is you know you mm-hmm. you kind strength of strength of seduction. Strength. You launched that like right as we were going into COVID, right? COVID. Yep. Yep. People got to work out at home with their with their partners. You know, we just capitalize on a need, but the reality is we come up with that idea almost 10 years ago. So it was just timing, you know, and we had, we had, we had, uh, old, uh, prototypes that we'd made and we launched the prototypes. Like I was showing you earlier, it looked like a softcore porn DVD. I mean, it wasn't just a workout DVD. We had prototypes of that from 2012 almost. And we launched it, we relaunched it and it was just the right time. So you never know which one of your ideas, Brent, is going to be the one follow through. So you had tested that. As early as 2012, but it didn't take off. Like it didn't, or your, your attention wasn't hundred percent there. Yeah. We just, we just weren't at the, uh, we just weren't, weren't at places in our lives where we could follow through with the idea. And I didn't have the marketing experience. I didn't have the, you know, social media wasn't where it is now. And we, back in 2000, uh, like 14 and 15, we actually created digital trailers of, and I'll show you for reference. So like these are the DVDs that we, uh, the fact that we're talking about DVDs is funny enough. You know, but go go to your local Walmart or a gas station, and you'll see a red box there, and they're stocking red box with new DVDs. So there are people still watching and listening and using DVDs. And guess what? There's like 10 plus million people in the US still on dial up. Okay. So 
Just remember, really? people still stay stuck in their analog. Yeah, I have friends who work at AOL and they have a whole dial-up support system still. Okay, the ones where you get the CD in the mail and you got you, like that one. Anyway, these are our first DVDs. This is based on a concept we came out with almost ten years ago. Strength of Seduction. Yeah, I was proud of this. I made this in Canva. Okay, we sold ten thousand <laughs> copies of this. We sold wow. ten thousand copies. You know, there was demand and, you know, we're hitting on the fitness market. We're hitting specifically on the black, uh, the black niche. We're hitting specifically on couples. So there's not a lot of competition for this particular type of product. And then we went crazy with it. We did. I mean, this looks like the, the black Avengers, man. And, you know, it's like all of it's branded really well and it just, it just took off. So DVDs and we also have a, we have a streaming site too. So that that's um, so. Congrats on the success on that. I mean, I think Thanks. I just just knowing your your entrepreneurial journey, especially as somebody who's gotten so much of their like early success from your own persona. I think it's probably a breath of fresh right. air to be able to build a business that's not your persona, right? I mean, that's it, that just, was the whole point of it. And, and, and so, so yeah, big, big, big congrats on that. What, so what got, I, I know we kind of said today, we're going to talk about some, some trending topics and I, I want to understand a little bit of your, your drive to get into that stuff. I mean, I know a lot of people that are super hardcore crypto, they've done really well with it. I know fewer people that are crazy about NFTs, but I think that's just more of a adoption thing. I feel like there's just not enough, Correct. like it's still a very early adopter market for that. Like it hasn't gotten yes. into yeah. some of those earlier stuff. Like crypto, I feel like is starting to mature, right? Like when my, when my parents are like, should we be putting crypto in our, you know, yeah. in our, in our portfolio, yeah. right? Now like, we're in phase two, yeah. you know, but what, what got you, what got you interested? Well, you mentioned earlier, you said that, you know, you wanted to wade into these waters or dip, dip our toes in. And I think it's, I, I think about that analogy of water and I think this is a wave that's coming and it's, it's just a, it's an acceptance. I think that I see what is happening here. And when I talk about new wave, one of these pillars is this financial and economic change. It doesn't mean that dollars are going to go away. It doesn't mean that centralized banking is going to go away or all this stuff is going to completely implode. I don't have a anarchist or a completely nihilistic view of things. I just think that it's inevitable that there are going to be big changes in the financial industry and in the economic industry based on the fact that we want and need more reliable currencies. Bitcoin being the first of the currencies which are, you know, able to be transacted on the blockchain, which is a whole new type of technology that, you know, is just in its infancy. We also see that quantum computing is on the way up. We also see that AR and AI are on the way up. So when I say a wave that's inevitable, I think this technology is is like an like an organism, you know, going to be born whether we like it or not. And I am choosing to accept it wholeheartedly and say, I'm going to learn about this. I'm going to study smart contracts. I'm going to learn a little bit of solidity and code a bit. I'm going to learn about the industry. I just want to be involved. Like I wasn't, you know, in, in the nineties and two thousands, I wasn't old enough to really be actively involved in building those things or uh, contributing or investing in those things. And now I'm like, oh, wow, I'm actually alive, alert in my prime when this is happening. I should be paying attention, you know? Yeah. So, so just the nature of, of kind of setting an, an intention almost, right? I mean, I think a lot of people are, are they get wrapped yeah. around the, the details of like, oh, what should I, you know, should I spend money? You know, should I put money on, on Bitcoin or not um, or, or whatever currency? 
but making a, a choice, an intentional choice to say, well, who knows what the next currency is that's going to explode or what you know NFT is going to explode, but just setting an intention of saying, I'm going to get into this. I'm going to put time and energy into learning and, and, and putting money into it, right? Yeah, my strategy for the for my portfolio in crypto is pretty much the same as that. I am a I am a fan and a believer in the market. I don't know which ones are going to be the hot ones. I, I pretty much think Bitcoin is going to continue to do well over time. It's volatile in the short and medium term, but I think it's less risky than the dollar in many ways in the long term. So volatile versus risky is a term we have to become familiar with, or differentiation we have to become familiar with. And um, but if you look at just the you know the value of the dollar since we uh, switched off the gold standard in 1971, the value of the dollar has gone down continuously, you know, and prices have gone up over seven times, seven x since that time. You know, a loaf of bread in the 70s would have been 25 cents, and now it's five dollars. So do the math. And but on the, so the dollar value is going down in terms of buying power. But what's happening with Bitcoin? Well, yes, it's a shorter time horizon for sure. We can we can only control for the variables that we can control for. It was created in 2009. It's 2022 now, and in that period, it's the best performing asset in the history of mankind. So you have to give that some respect that something's happening here. So I think that Bitcoin is the indicator of the industry because blockchain and Web three and all that stuff and cryptocurrency wouldn't be as relevant without Bitcoin. And I'm betting on the whole industry. So my portfolio of them would look like, and I and I am holding some Bitcoin, but right now I'm even focused on looking at the cryptos that actually have functionality outside of just passing value. Bitcoin, I think, is a staple, so invest in it. It's kind of like the Dow, for instance. The Dow, the S and P 500, is like the the big daddy, the the 500 most you know juiciest stocks in the U.S. That's Bitcoin, all rolled up into one. That's the that's what Bitcoin is in the crypto industry. But I'm also looking at altcoins. And altcoins are anything that's not Bitcoin, essentially. And that would be Ethereum, which is the big one of the altcoins. And anything that's not Ethereum is probably going to be an altcoin. And the reason why I'm interested in these is because these have functionality to actually create and program and share information on the blockchain. Bitcoin can't really share information on the blockchain as easily because the chain is not very fast. It's the oldest chain out there, or one of the oldest chains out there. And so it's not really meant for, for creating applications on top of. That's what we call dApps decentralized applications or applications built on a blockchain. And so these, these protocols, we call them, or these, these, uh, these systems like Ethereum, for instance, are altcoins, and they are essentially databases and decentralized databases and networks where you can share information. So if you remember back in the day, if you want to take a Web 2 example, or no, this is even an early Web, Web 1 example almost, if you look at like Napster, and you look at uh, LimeWire, that was early file sharing. And remember how LimeWire and file sharing, you know, Napster upended the music industry and how it just the music, the whole media industry, honestly, some media industry, legacy media is still recovering from Napster. Okay. Still, they're recovering from Napster. Now that's what's happening. But now instead of with music, with money, instead mm. of with media, with money. And, and so that, and, and with applications and with computing power. And that's what's happening on Ethereum and other altcoins. And so my bet is that since the whole industry is going to do well, if you look at, for instance, like, you know, just the fact that the whole industry itself is continuing to go up and to the right. If I bet on a lot of the top 100 projects, once I get a good understanding of what's going to happen, I think my portfolio is going to do well over time. So I like things that compete directly with Ethereum. Solana is a competitor to Ethereum. Avalanche is a competitor to Ethereum. Uh, then there are things that, help Ethereum do well. 
Polygon is a side chain that helps Ethereum do well. Uh, Phantom is a layer two solution that helps the poly, uh, Ethereum go faster. And I know all this sounds like techno gibberish right now. It comes with studying the landscape, studying what was happening, but then you can start to formulate your own hypotheses and theories of what you think is going to happen. And then you can make your own strategy. So it's useless for me to say, well, these are my 10, these are my 10 picks, you know, but if mm. you can start to understand the landscape and then you can start to understand the why and believe that, okay, if the whole, if the first principles here is that web three is inevitable. And if web three is inevitable, then, you know, these types of, uh, softwares are needed. Okay, Ethereum is the biggest one, and then there are competitors to Ethereum. And then you kind of extrapolate out. Then you can start to make your own little ideas about what to buy, and it's not that hard. Coinbase is a simple. My mom can do it. My grandma can do it. It's not hard. Right. I and, a, and I, I think I here. think I think that Coinbase being accessible has helped with market adoption outside of people that you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I first went to go buy. Bitcoin in 2012. I think I had to Western Union money to exactly, yeah. like an yep. offshore just company, and it's more sketchy. Know, yeah, you're like you're like, hey, I'm going to put this money in this tube, and I probably will never get it back, right? Whereas today, it's like, oh, hey, this company is publicly traded. They have to make SEC uh -huh. filings. They have gap accounting principles they have to follow. I mean, there's. There's a lot more uh, oversight, I guess. While there's not necessarily regulation in the crypto markets, there's regulation of some of the companies that are in the crypto markets, which I think for people, yep. you know, for 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 funds, that's that that's starting to work better, right? Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to let you know about a hosting platform that is giving digital agencies and creators around the world an edge when it comes to site speed, scalability, and profit. It's called Cloudways, and it's designed to create exceptional experiences for you and your clients that guarantees unmatched performance, reliability, and choice with 24-7 award-winning support. Cloudways is excited to offer our listeners a $50 hosting credit in addition to their amazing benefits of their agency partner program. For more details, head over to yougurus.com slash cloudways or use promo code DASCW when signing up. Let's get back to our show. So when when we talk about like Web three, which we've got a lot of digital agency listeners today that might not even really be up to speed on what you mean when you say Web three. I mean, is it just it's literally building applications on the back of of blockchain and having that run more of the internet? I'm glad you're listening to this right now, agency owners, because let me tell you, this is such a freaking good opportunity for you to get ahead of the ball. Web three, the fact that you're having to say what is Web three means that we're so early that, I mean, and, and to be fair, a lot of people don't even know what Web2 is, but most people don't even acknowledge the changing of the guard. Most people don't even acknowledge the transition from one phase to the next. So first of all, let's acknowledge we are changing. Right now, we're at Web 2.5 right now, let's say. We're somewhere between two and three. Just like Michio Kaku would say, we're at, uh, I think he said we're at a 0.8 energy efficient society. Point in, when you're at zero, you can't do anything for yourself. It's all fossil fuels. And when you're at one, you can control at least the energy on your own planet. We can, we're almost at the point where we control the energy on our own planet, but that's physics. With, um, uh, what, what we're we talking about with web, uh, 2.5, yeah, with web, 2.5 to yeah, three. People, people don't, people don't, yeah, people don't, you know, I went down the rabbit hole. People don't notate when the shift happens. So web 1.0 was 
but, and this is a this is a Chris Dickerson uh, analogy. He's a, one of the pa- partners at uh, VC uh, and Anderson Horowitz is a, a VC firm in, in uh, San Francisco, Silicon Valley. He said Web One was read only. So that's like, okay, what time are the movies playing? Uh, what time, you know, what's for for dinner tonight on the menu, you know, it's mostly just looking for information. You know, when I was uh, showing my grandfather for the first time, this is your, uh, you know, this is the internet. He said, why would I need that when I have the newspaper? And at that time I was like, well, I guess you are right. It's almost like just copying what's analog and making it digital. But then web two came along and it's like read plus write. So it's, I can read something and I can respond to something because that's when social media really started to uh, take off. And social media really started to hit its zenith as mobile technology and and the read write functionality started to, to merge. And that's when smartphones came out. And that was, you know, really the the that really that zenith period of of social media, so, you know, maybe 2010 to 2018, something like that. And now we're going into web three, which is read, write, own. So if you think about most of your your digital life, you go to different platforms and you experience the internet through a few different perspectives, but they are curated portholes, like portholes of a ship. So, you know, we call it GAFA, Google, Apple, Facebook, Amazon. You could even add Netflix to that. You know, although we do go to many different websites, most of the things that we go to or that we view or that we interact with are through one of these different intermediaries. And because of that, they shape our internet experience. So we we don't actually and 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 as we interact interact with these websites, we don't actually own any of the any of the the data or, or the interactions that we're having. So if you are, for instance, building a following on Twitter or on Instagram or on YouTube, you don't own those followers. You don't even own that account. You simply have the right to produce content on that account as long as YouTube or Facebook or uh, Twitter gives you that right. But we've now seen that you can be deplatformed pretty easily. The whole idea behind Web3 is that as you move throughout the internet, you will own the data that you produce. And we're all data producing machines. I put up earlier uh, in a quote or an essay that I wrote, I said something along the lines of, we're data hogs being fattened by advertisements and slaughtered by Amazon Prime. You know, we walk around our digital landscape just producing little data packets and websites and social media companies suck those up and then produce revenue from that. And part of the the goal of Web3 is to help us to own that data uh, and to, to monetize it for ourselves or to keep it private for ourselves. So privacy is element to it. Uh, another element to Web3 is speed. So we know that there's a there's unnecessary lags in the transaction speed of certain things, especially when it comes to money. Uh, so if you've ever tried to wire money to a person in another country, or you've ever tried to you, you know you've ever ever tried to deposit a check uh, and we had to wait for it to clear, all these you know you ever had an overdraft fee, all these different types of like transactions you have with a bank where you have to deal with some intermediary that's holding your money or you can't access your money or you know all those things are issues that web3 can help deal with by decentralizing finance and decentralizing uh the the uh relationship between an individual and their money and then another the third element of this is kind of privacy so you have you know just this element of not having to have your brent weaver identity be the identity that does all that 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 travels with you through every interaction on the internet there is especially with web 2 there was this implicit agreement that we were all going to use our regular our 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 regular face for all of our interactions and so there's this element where that's expected and that wasn't the contract in web one if you remember in web one almost everyone had an avatar fake name (laughs) you know almost 
And even and so like if you look at Facebook, bring back I mean, that. their their terms of service, like I mean, you, I mean, they basically look at if you go to Facebook and you have a different photo. I mean, they look at that as a as a community guidelines violation. I mean, almost in their world, that's the that's the epitome of like fraud, right? I mean, they're social media fraud of like you're not you're not who you you say you are. But when you you're think, not who you say you are, when when you think about the internet, I mean, there's a lot of pluses to like the person that I'm coming, and I think it too. It's it's also expectations, right? So if I am on Facebook, the community guidelines say that people should if be you who read they those, say, right? actually read those they they but they the expectation is that the people i'm communicating with should be the people that i'm i'm seeing right i think sure. if there if there is a different expectation in web3 of like we don't have to be who we say we are you know that's cool as long as the expectation is you know we don't that whoever you're talking to you might not actually know who you are right or who they are right rather but i think yeah. there's also yeah, a lot I, of I privacy that, yeah. benefits to that but like what's i mean do you really think that the facebooks of the world are going to the the Mastercards of the world, I mean, are they how are they going to just get into it and make figure out how to monetize it and make 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 a buck, or are they going to resist this and put up a lot of obstacles? Well, first of all, I just wanted to say regarding where all this is going, you know, the reason why it's so crucial for agency owners is because regardless of what your personal stance is, technology is going in this direction, and there are companies that need technology and assets in these areas. So whether it's developing these technologies and assets or or working with other companies who service these industries or doing promotion and marketing for these industries, just realize that a new industry is being created so you can take part in that inevitable economic boom, whether or not Mm. you are on board with what's happening with web you know like this is a very lucrative space and there's there's going to be less expertise in it because it's a it's a whole new chapter so you have to have experience in the space to be able to create to to create value and everyone is short on experience so if you dive in and start to do some work for instance with these nfts uh with these DAOs that are being created a lot of companies want to do this but they don't have anybody who knows how to do this and if there was a team that could help them to launch these things that could be valuable now with your question about mastercard and facebook and all that stuff yeah i mean they're gonna they're gonna do their version of web3 you know facebook rebranded itself obviously it was a great time to rebrand because facebook itself is in such a bad place pr wise yeah you know it was not a, a re- not a bad place financially, but no, yeah. they're in a better place than ever financially. <laughs> but morally, they've been in a in the hole for a while, and, and they'll they'll continue to be corrupt as 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 all. I mean, I you know I recently oh, yeah. went through uh, there there was an account that had access to our main account got hacked, and and I went through basically uh, you know our our Facebook account was was shut down because of a, a hack. And, you know, we weren't able to advertise for almost three months and, and, and having an opportunity for three yeah. months to yeah. interact on a daily basis with Facebook team and Facebook system, which it had been a while since we had an account ban issue. And this was a, this was a five figure hack. And, um, oh, yeah. and, and so just to go into, to their, to, to have to work with their company at this level was, uh, it was excruciating and it was painful. And I got to see excruciating is the only word I I got to see like how far they've pushed the profit motive that like work dealing with an actual human being is extraordinarily difficult. It's so hard. Right. Yeah. And so not to get caught in like this, this rabbit, you deal with those account reps that clearly don't know anything, but they're just trying to get you to spend more. Yeah. 
No, know, like they, they were literally like our account was ha- like it was shut down at every level, right? And I was literally getting phone calls from people from oh, Facebook, that. and they were like, "Why aren't you? Why? Why did your spend go down?" And I'm like, "What do you mean? Why did our spend? <laughs> like you like my account's disabled?" And they're like, "Oh, your account's disabled. That's why you're not advertising." And I'm like, "Yeah, can you help me with that?" Oh, mm, mm, yeah, but but <laughs> and, and literally they would say this. Well, but the reason that I called was we want to help you with your holiday campaigns, and I was like, "Well, yeah, but can we go back to point they're number not one? You. Right, like." I, you're, you're, my account is shut down, right? And so, so obviously, these companies they'll figure out how to make money. I think that's my my uh, my takeaway there. Oh, but no, I mean, I, dealing with yeah, dealing with Facebook is excruciating. Any any big company that turns into a giant phone tree is excruciating. They all do that now. You can't talk to any freaking humans anywhere. Will Will Web two point or well Will Web three make that better or worse? No. No, I don't think it will make it. I think it will make it. I think it will. I think it will continue to make it worse. Mm. It'll just continue to automate it. So, so thinking about, I mean, you, you kind of brought up some, you know, some stuff around how agencies can get in and, and start to to learn yeah. about this, which I think is is, is awesome advice. Because I mean, I it, it kind of brings me back to like social media. I mean, two thousand. Seven, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah, remember when you we were, were like we were building a, for you know, being a Twitter meta, Twitter Twitter management? You know, it's like come on. Yeah, but like and everybody, I remember as an agency, right? We were building websites and like getting people yeah. to 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 invest in social media was was yes. very painful, right? And but then at the same time, some people made some predictions that were just like woefully run. I remember a guy sitting with me at a party and saying, um, you know. He was like, you know, Brent, in 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 five years, people aren't going to have websites anymore. They're just going to have Facebook pages, right? And I was like, I don't think so, but whatever, right? And I think we've seen it play out, right? A lot of people invested a ton of money in their. Zuckerberg Facebook. would have loved that. <laughs> I mean, but some people do yeah, run run businesses kind of in that way. But I think people have also oh, found out horrible. that when they yeah. when they invest in these assets that they don't own, that you know. Well, Changes guys, can be made. remember this if you're listening. Tokens are the new website. So tokens are the new. Tell me about that. What, what does that mean? If you have a token, well, a, a token is a unique smart contract that signifies ownership or uh, participation or or anything anything the the creator wants it to signify. And tokens are created by companies almost like like brands like brand value ads. If you go to, I, 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 for instance, I used to go to Toys R Us when I was a kid and, and in the nineties, they had these Jeffrey dollars and these are dollars that kids could spend at Toys R Us. And you can only spend it in the store. And so if you have these Jeffrey dollars, you know, you're going to go back to the store at some point and spend them. I mean, they'll probably spend more while you're there, but it's loyalty points. Essentially they have that Starbucks, Starbucks changed the whole business model with their loyalty points. My mom is obsessed with her loyalty points on Starbucks, you know? And so these are, you know, in, in Delta has, you know, and American Express have done this really well with their airline stuff over the years. So tokens are essentially loyalty points, loyalty signifiers, however you want to say it, they can be equated to real money. They can be used in different ways when interacting with that company. But if you have the tokens of a certain uh, company or um, entity in your digital wallet, the you can you, 
basically you can get certain prizes. You can get access to certain events. You can get what's called airdrops where they can send you NFTs, which are like, it could be a picture or it could be a, it could be a, it could be a, you know, a pass, or it could be a, a link to a private seminar. It could be all these different things. And you can only get these airdrops if you have a token from that company or brand in your wallet. And, and so tokens uh, are going to be, you're going to need to use definitely a language like Solidity, which co- which is the uh, code language for um, Ethereum-based smart contracts. And that's on the back end. And if you're building a, a full application, potentially something like JavaScript on the front end, um, just to make it look great. And those two things combined, you can make um, an application and a token. And it's actually not hard to make it all, but the whole development of it will take, will take some work. But that's the new website. That's the new website building. Mm. Well, because... You know, in 2000, the amount of tools to build like a sophisticated application, a web 2.0 application were like super limited, right? And then you have like, you know, new technologies that come out, whether it's, you know, Ajax or or React or WordPress, right? Where where (laughs) there's like literally like millions of people have put together code libraries that kind of like all of a sudden you have access to these tools that make a lot of sense. I feel like some of the stuff you're talking about, right? Ethereum-based smart contracts, you know, being able to create tokens that are actually usable by the average small business. I mean, this to me still feels like it's a it's a ways off, right? But there's there's opportunities for agency owners to get in and start learning today. But like, I mean, what's really the the monetization opportunity today for for building this kind of stuff for businesses? Like, I mean, is it is the, is it there yet, or is it still a lot of people that are like hardcore, like? early adopters that are maybe some of them are monetizing this, but a lot aren't. You got to think about it like this. All So just look at who's already jumping into this market of let's just, let's just, you know, lump NFTs in with this because NFTs are also smart contract based assets. We can go into deeper definitions of that later, but smart contracts, you know, Ethereum based tokens, things like that. Tons of big brands are really getting involved in these types of product testing from Nike and McDonald's and Burger King and, uh, you know, Windows and Sony and, you know, all these huge brands are essentially co-signing the fact that this technology is here to stay by participating in this new marketplace. And I would say that a lot of those companies have in-house teams, but if they are creating this type of material in with using web3 technology that's going to influence other brands as well and you either might be able to find some really high level work with brands that have lots of money and want to move into this space and that those are that number is certainly going up and up as time goes on or you can focus on you know one or two rungs down the ladder for the companies that will be directly impacted by this stuff and I don't think like the average business is going to be using tokens to interact their business to interact with them on their business. Uh, but I think that there are. You should also remember that people might not even realize that they're using smart contracts in a few years. They might just be using them, but they're not thinking I'm using an ERC <laughs> Ethereum based token on the block. Well, I mean, I think, not, I think, I think just like you're not for thinking adoption, about that's what it's going to take, right? People aren't going to, you know, like people yeah. don't think like, oh, I'm going on Facebook right now. They're just like. They're 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 creating whatever yeah. random. I'm going on PhD. Yeah, right. right now. Or, yeah, right better a better like... analogy. Right. People aren't people aren't like oh this must be they're like React six like stack or whatever. Right. They're just like yeah. <laughs> ooh this is this is smooth. That must be that React. <laughs> this is like this is just a funny cat video, right? Yeah. yeah. So that could, that could happen quickly, you know. Mm. So 
I would just be aware of that space. I, I used to remember, um, I used to laugh at uh, James Altucher, who's a yeah. blogger, has these stories about how back in the day he would do websites when Web 1.0 was starting up and how he would charge ridiculous amounts of money to do like a website for HBO. He's like, oh, it's going to be like $400,000. Like you know, we got to get the JPEGs lined up. And, you know, it's just like, but that's kind of where we're at. That could be you, mm. but with Web 3. Yeah. You know? Do you find, yeah. And, I mean, I have heard of some people like working in, in kind of more of these like trending topics within the agency space around AI, around crypto. And I mean, I, I think it's it's been hit and miss, right? There are some people that I know that have moved into this space and are making a lot. There are some people that have kind of moved into this space and it's almost an obsession of learning, right? They're like, they're learning a lot about it. Yes. They're very involved in the communities, yes. but they're, yes. they're all, I am watching them struggle to like, get people to spend money on it because there is there is not mass market adoption right and maybe they don't have inroads with mcdonald's or nike so so, i mean how how, without without having nike as a client i mean how do you how do you bridge that gap how do how do you monetize into something like this yeah i mean i think you also have to draw a line between are you an interested consumer who wants to learn as a person or do you want to make this into your business angle Mm. Because that's different. And you, you might be interested in it as a consumer and really want to funnel money from your existing business into crypto to start learning. But that's not the same as making it your, your audience. Um, and I think, I think for the audience, I think a smart angle to look at is, well, depending on if you're technically skilled, obviously you can build stuff. But I think marketing is a good angle. That's because that's, that's where my expertise is. And I know it's a non-technical road. And it also relies on a lot of the same fundamentals as traditional marketing, if you can launch projects, help people launch projects. But what I would recommend is that within the space, you know, and this is going to require you to dive in more. So you're going to have to be passionate about this and really like it and really, really enjoy reading this stuff. But I would encourage you to look for very specific types of projects that you can get involved with. I would first start doing projects for free because you don't know what you don't know about what's different in this space. And I would like to see you get a few wins under your belt in the Web3 space mm. before. It doesn't mean that if you're an experienced experienced agency owner, you can't charge. I just think it's good to know what you're dealing with. Yeah. Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to tell you about one of my favorite white label partners, E2M. They can help with all your website design, web development, SEO, and content needs for your client projects. This includes WordPress, WooCommerce, Shopify, BigCommerce, Webflow, Duda, SiteGlide, custom PHP applications, and much more. Have peace of mind when it comes to your outsourcing needs. Let E2M become an extension of your team so you can grow and scale how you want. Check them out today at E2MSolutions.com. That's E, the number two, M, solutions.com. All right, back to our show. So when you say projects, like helping somebody build a smart contract for a, or a rewards yeah. thing. I mean, I, a friend of mine, Gary Henderson has the Gary coin and it's been cool to watch him. Like as a small creator, he's created his Gary coin and, you know, to buy his programs, to buy his consulting, yep. to buy his coaching, to buy access to his community, you got to buy Gary coin and then you can earn Gary coin. And you, just like you said, right, you get access to certain events and, he actually has a lot of people that are holding Gary. Co- I mean, I, I've been watching it. It's and a good I, idea. I saw it come through initially, and I was like, "This isn't going to work." And then I've watched him like grow a community of like three or four thousand creators that are 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 content creators that are 
I'm doing that too. I'm working on that yeah. right now. So, I mean, it's, it's funny because I, I hear, and I know a lot of people, I, I know for a fact there's a lot of people listening to this episode that are like, yeah, this isn't like, this doesn't, this isn't going to work for me or whatever. But I, I'm seeing people kind of start to, you know, some of the early adopters see, seeing this and it, it is helping with some explosive growth. I mean, you know, for, for my friend Gary within a year to go from no followers, I mean, very limited to tens of thousands of followers and, you know, and yep. then also having thousands of people in his community of creators that are all in there because they're buying, they're buying access through a token. Well, let's think about like this in order for you to have, uh, ex- in order for you to have extraordinary success, you have to bet against the commonly held belief. So if the commonly held belief is that this isn't going to work because of X, Y, Z, and it's laid out because of this, that, and the other. Well, if you, of course, it doesn't seem as obvious, but I think that there's a lot of value in the space that it, people are still saying, well, I don't see how that would be relevant. I think maybe if you start studying the space, you'll get your own ideas. You can say like, well, how would you transfer that idea? How, what if you don't have Coca-Cola as a client? Well, you doing your own research, you start to get ideas, mm. you know, but you might need to dedicate, here's an asterisk. You might need to put in a hundred hours of research first. Can you cross that barrier? You can, it's not that hard, a couple months but you might need a few months of research of learning about the stuff before you start to connect your unique experiences with where with where that skill set might take you and you also might need to collaborate with other people who have who you can combine to work on a project. Mm. So are there are there some areas like uh dude I bought these I bought some miners cuz I was like I'm just going to like I cuz I I feel like idea. The only way to really like learn about something like this, it is income, baby. Right, like in theory, right, right. I mean, then I put them in my house, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this sounds like I have a jet engine, like in my basement." Like, like <laughs> my wife's like, "They gotta go, they gotta go," and I'm like, "I'm like two grand a month. Come on, this is this is fine, right?" But then she's like, "You know, you make enough money, they gotta go, right?" But so, but but one of my thoughts is. Like I was very, uh, I mean, I definitely was not an early adopter in terms of crypto. <laughs> and, but I also realized the only way for me to get, like, the only way for me to really learn about it was to have some skin in the game, whether that was like investing yeah. in crypto and, and at least just following it, right? Pulling, pulling up Coinbase and being like, hey, has it gone up or down? And having that a little bit of emotional connection to it, right? All yeah, of a sudden, yeah, yeah. I'm like reading a little bit more, a, a little, little bit, bit, right? But then, you know, you get, you get some miners and all of a sudden I'm learning about like hash rates. I'm learning about, you know, what all that yeah, stuff yeah. means. And then, and then you get into like the community and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh. Right. Like when people tell me that like, it's not you know, that like three or 6% of the world's power is going to mining and you're like, that doesn't make any sense. And then all of a sudden you see a video of somebody showing you a mining warehouse that goes on for like, oh, as yeah. far as the eye can see. And every single one of those is pulling oh, yeah. like massive amounts of power. You're like, this is a massive oh, yeah. thing. I mean, it's not, it's not fringe. It is, it is big, but is there, are there areas right now? Like when I think of mining, I'm not going to say it's too late to get into mining. Cause like it's, it's pretty easy now, but are there areas of crypto where it is kind of yeah. like, it's pretty mature, like whether it's mining or other things, right? Is, is trading really like a legit thing for like an average person or should they be looking at more of the things that you've brought up today, like smart contracts, tokens, NFTs, right? Should they be? Should we, we be looking a little bit further ahead, or is there still opportunity with some of these technologies that have been around for five or ten years? I think it depends on your uh, your appetite and your tolerance. I think so. For instance, with trading, if you dedicate, so let let's say 
for the sake of argument, let's say that you have, and of course, uh, we'll always preface everything with this is not financial advice and this is for entertainment. Do your own research. <laughs> I, I just but, I just put a post-it note on my on my on my screen that says financial disclosure that I need to I need to go I need to go yeah. I need to go record a financial disclosure for the podcast. Fix it in right. post. Yeah, no, I well, of course. But I, I think there's an argument to be made that if you start with a decent amount to invest, you know, maybe uh ten or twenty thousand dollars, which is a lot of money to to most people, but it's not a completely life-changing amount of money. Uh, if you start with that amount of money, I think that you can learn how to trade and have enough margin to make mistakes, but become successful in the crypto trading market through just watching what happens with transactions. And um, if you spend a lot of time on it, I think you can get good. And And the way to get good trading is you really have to be dialed into the communities we're early. We're, we're getting in on early, early projects because, you know, for instance, if you look at like Solana, Solana is I don't know what what, what it's at right now. It's at like maybe one fifty or something like that. At the beginning of last year, it was at five cents. You know, and you start to like I was saying in the earlier, uh, you know, part of the show, you put together your own thesis for what your your philosophy is around it. And if your philosophy is all right, well, you know, Ethereum and its competitors are going to continue to do well because smart contracts are going to be the next technology. That's your thesis. And Solana is that one of the direct competitors of Ethereum. And if you saw that at the beginning of 2020, you might be liable to put one to three to $500 in Solana. And that $500 by the end of the year, if you put it in January of 2020 or 2021 would have been like, you know, 250 grand by the end of the year. And that's that you can't get that again with Solana because yeah, you kind of missed that ride with Solana. Uh, I didn't get that ride. I wish I would have, I didn't get it, but I still invested when it was, when it was going, you know, when it was doing okay. And now it's doing a little better. It's, it's gone back and forth, but you can, you can find other things that will happen like that. And there will always be more. Um, and the industry is young enough where you'll still be able to take some rides like that, but it takes a lot of research. Trading is in, I think, I think mining, it's not completely out, but I think Bitcoin mining is out for the individual. It just takes way too much power. The Bitcoin, the award for so you you can you can pool your computer power with other computers via like a, a virtual node. I think so. You'd have to have a dedicated computer. You could do it, but I'm not sure if it would make you enough money or worth the amount of money that you'd be spending on powering it. But you can mount, uh, mine for other things like radium and other types of things, and you can always convert that stuff. I don't know what the I don't know if the numbers match up in terms of if it can make money, but I think it can, and I have some friends who are doing it and are doing it successfully. Yeah, I mean, I, I do know a good amount of people that are doing mining at small scale and also large scale, but I also feel like the the general consensus. I mean, you know, it, it gets harder or whatever for the you know it requires more, but yeah. at the same time, you know, you get some run ups like last year with with Ethereum and Bitcoin, and all of a sudden, you know, it's like it's. I, I grew up in a household. My my father was in the oil business. And I see a lot of similarities there, right? Like, it's like, oh man, you know, like, you know, there's no, there's not gonna be any oil left in the world, right? And then all of a sudden the price of oil goes up and people go, well, hey, I could get a little bit more creative with my, you know, exploration techniques. And all of a sudden we're finding all this oil that we didn't even know existed, right? Everybody said like peak oil was gonna be a long time ago, right? And I think the same thing is kind of happening with with mining and some some other projects like that. So, and, and one thing just, just, you've mentioned this word, projects a couple of times throughout, right? And 
I think when I go and look at individual coins, because a lot of people that I think have a surface level understanding of crypto, when you look at individual coins, right? I mean, it's almost like you you want to think of that as a project, right? Each coin has a thesis, like they're trying yeah. to solve a problem in the world, whether it's you know whether it's trans transferring money between you know individuals between countries and getting rid of those transaction fees, like that that Western Union and all the the money by, you know, money by mail companies charge, right? There's like every project has yep. a thesis. And so what you're saying is, is if you're in the community and you're seeing those theses being presented early and you're seeing those projects essentially like IPO, right? They come out, they launch, they get on a trading platform. There's sometimes an opportunity in that space to invest early. And then there's still huge upside in that kind of area. Oh yeah. I mean, the best thing is, so so like, for instance, I'll, uh, so, so the, be the best thing is one looking at the white paper itself, they're always going to produce something or a, a reputable coin or project should produce a white paper. NFTs pr produce white papers too. The white paper just outlines what they're going to do, what their plan is. And usually it has what's called a roadmap on there. And the roadmap just has the timeline for their intentions for what they want to produce and roughly when it's going to happen. And we hold them pretty strictly to this timeline as a community, although there's obviously always room for, you know, for, for flexibility. And then you want to look at the team and hopefully the team will have worked on other things in, in areas before where they've had success and you can research them based on researching their social profiles, Googling them, like getting to know that this isn't going to be a rug pull because they have some skin in the game regarding their reputations. They've done things before. If you look at, for instance, a lot of the coins in the and tokens in the the crypto gaming space, a lot of the most anticipated games are by creators of other things that have already worked, and so there's a lot of faith that these games will come out. They will do well, similar to when you have like a Kickstarter, and you're like, okay, have you guys done something before? Have you launched a product before? A lot of products on Kickstarter never yeah. launch, and it just kind of fizzles, you know. And that can happen a lot with with crypto coins the same way. That was happening a lot in 2017 when all these ICOs were happening and massive rug pulls. There's not, there's not even still that much regulation around them, but I think now we're getting smarter and wiser. And then you just start to invest in these things when you find that they have a combination of fundamentals that you like, team, and they're hitting their, their numbers. And eventually what will happen is kind of the same way with the psychedelic circle. When you start talking about it a lot with your friends, you'll start to have people who will introduce you to it. Oh, you know, you start talking about DMT a lot, and all of a sudden you have people asking you if you want to do DMT with them. And they're like, oh, I guess it's I'm giving off my, my bird call here. <laughs> But same thing with, with with crypto. It's like if you're talking about it enough, you don't want to annoy too many people. It's kind of like CrossFit. You don't want to annoy too many people. <laughs> but if you're talking about it enough, you will have people come out of the woodwork and say, oh, I'm looking at this project. Have you seen this? And then you'll have the opportunity to do your research and you'll start to get in the communities. I'm in a couple like WhatsApp groups, groups on Signal, where it's just like nerds. I'm a nerd too. Nerds kicking around what we call alpha. And alpha is what they call insider knowledge on crypto. And there are a couple of things I put money in and I've like, you know, nine or 10 X my money. And I'm like, yeah, I should have put more. <laughs> Fuck. You know, because these are like early, early, early tokens of individual creators. And I have rules too, just so you know. I've been through the ringer a few times here, especially since the summer. And I was going heavy on these dog coins in the summer. Man, my first magical rise to the top, I put in 2000 and I came out 90,000 on top. And I thought I was the king of the universe. I felt so good. I said, I'm so smart. I'm so pretty. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so, I'm so intelligent. I'm so please, lucky. Please back this up with a, a fail. Please, please, please balance this one out. That <laughs> oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. Well, the fail is I, you know, I got greedy. This was Kishu coin. I got greedy. 
And whenever you have a coin that explodes, you know, uh, the, the feeling is always like, let's see how high we can ride this. Let's see how we can ride this. And you think back to the statue, like, well, Bitcoin went up this high and Ethereum went up this high. What can this coin do? Ultimately, though, a lot of those meme coins, those projects boom and bust all the time. And I got too greedy and it just it, it crashed all the way back down. And I only got maybe, you know, it doesn't does sound like, you know, doesn't sound horrible, but I got maybe, you know, 40K out of it, which is great, great. But it's like I lost half of the value just by getting greedy, whereas I could have taken profit all the way up. And so what I've learned is now I set, and also I was, it was the anxiety around it. That and and also after that too, I had multiple other ones that have completely crashed. You know, I got one that I put 15k in uh, a couple months ago. It's down at 6k. Where's that money going? Hope hopefully it comes back. The fundamentals look good, but I took an L there. One recently that I had it was a it was a small coin. Uh, I put in 500 and it got all the way up to 5200. So like more than 10x. And when it got up there, I took I, as it was going up, I took a thousand dollars on the way up or two thousand dollars on the way up. And so I took some of that profit. So that means that since I invested 500 and I told, and in total, I pulled out 2,500, I 5X my money no matter what. And then I had about $2,500 left in that pool from the initial accumulation. And then it went up again. And I took a little bit more off. So I skimmed profits off along the way rather than waiting for one big boom, hoping for one big exit, like ejaculating my way out of it. I just, I take profits on the way up and say, okay, when it hits three to five X, I'm taking my first chunk because I want to make sure I secure profits. There's nothing wrong with securing profits. And when I say secure profits, I really am just converting that coin into, and I'm not mentioning it because there's no point in investing now it's over, but I, I just convert my investment from that coin into a Ethereum or into a stable coin. Um, and then I just, keep, I, lo- I lock that profit in because I'm not stupid enough to think it's going to keep going on forever. It's not. Yeah, yeah, dude, I love it. I love the lingo. There's like a whole language in this community. Uh, dude, do you got a few minutes to stick around for uh, some lightning round questions? Yeah, let's do All it. All right, man. I know, I know you've got your principles and uh, and I, we didn't get into your, your 11 principles, but uh, let's start with this. What's the best advice you've ever received? The best advice I've ever received? Well, I don't know about the best, but I can tell you one of the most profound pieces of advice I've ever received. It's from my friend, John Romanello on my 30th birthday. And I asked him if he could give me some advice into the going into the third decade. This is a couple of years back now. And he told me that at this age, the there's still the potential for youthful folly, but the impact radiates even more as your as your window for youth closes, which I know sounds dark, but I thought it was very profound advice. <laughs> That's awesome. It's become fortuitous yeah. as well. So which of uh, which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? I think the personal habit that's contributed most to my success is uh, discipline. And it is the habit that I am the most critical of myself of, but it has also delivered me the most results. Can you share an internet resource, a tool or app that you think our listeners would find valuable? Oh, absolutely. What am I? Oh, well, speaking of Web3, if you guys want to get a simple runway into Web3, check out the Brave browser. If you're not already using Brave, I'm sure Brent, you're using Brave. And this is a browser. I don't have uh, no sponsorship with them, but it's a, it's basically built on Chromium, which is the, you know, the same type of user experience UX that Chrome is built on. So it's basically a Chrome browser. 
And it's a web three browser, or maybe it's a web 2.5 browser. And basically what it does is when you log in and you're taken around the web, as you see advertisements, as we all do, you're actually awarded with tokens for viewing those ads. And this is a concept of web three and of the metaverse called basically pay to watch. And Part of this whole read, write, own concept in Web3 is that if we're going to be interacting with different parts of the internet, we want to be getting compensated. Just like these companies that are taking our data are getting compensated for us using their websites, we want to get compensated in return. And on these advertisements, for watching them, you get a small amount of token from the Brave Network, which is called BAT, which stands for Basic Attention Token. And if you look at this token, BAT, the symbol of it is like a circle with a triangle in the middle. You can go on Coinbase and see that token is being traded on Coinbase. So you're getting a tradable token. And as you spend more and more time on this browser, you accumulate tokens through watching advertisements, through going through different tutorials they have, through just interacting on the browser. And that that uh, browser has a wallet in it, and you can send the tokens from that wallet to your Coinbase, to your MetaMask wallet, and you can trade that out for dollars. You trade it out for money. And it's not that much money, but you, you might make $500 to $1,000 a year just browsing, but it's like, okay, you're getting paid for browsing. And there are other features too in that browser. It's very secure. So that's, I would go to brave.com and, and download the Brave browser. It's I highly recommend it. It's a great browser too. It's a fantastic product. It's, you don't have to sacrifice on the quality of the browser to get this benefit. That's awesome, man. I love it. I love it. I don't know much about Brave and uh, I, I appreciate the recommendation. What book could you recommend and why? <sighs> what book? Okay. Um, I will recommend the, the recent book I read, the recent Dalio book, which is Principles for Dealing with the Changing World Order. It's a great refresher on what got us to this point in terms of our economic history. Dalio has a, Dalio, Dalio is interesting. He's an interesting guy. If you guys haven't read his first book, Principles, uh, Life and Work, the, he's an interesting guy because he is the founder of the world's most successful hedge funds, certainly one of the longest running hedge funds. And he has a lot of really great way of looking at the world in a structured, top-down way. He's had money for so many years that he looks at the world like Thanos at this point. And his analysis of the world is not 40,000 feet up, it's 200,000 feet up. And he's putting together pieces of history and he's making these predictions. And the interesting thing is, I personally think that not only is he making these predictions, but he's also helping a lot of these things come true. You don't think that he has a hand in all these dealings that are happening in China and all these different little trade deals that are going on. He has a hand in the government, but he's also very smart. It's kind of like if Mr. Rogers was a billionaire, you know, and so a multi, multi billionaire. And so I, I, I recommend that you read this book. You can listen to it on the audio version. And the first chapter of this book, it's actually Ray reading it. And then at the end of it, he says, well, it's all the time I have now. Someone else is going to take over. <laughs> a true billionaire move. And then you can listen to his stand-in, read the rest he, of it. He doesn't, he doesn't pull <laughs> you know? the Tony Robbins and say, the reason I can't read this book is because I want to save my voice. Is my voice. I was like, dude. I think Tony does... Yeah, yeah I, don't know. I don't know. But also, I was like, you could have written a shorter. I could have written a shorter book on money. I think that would be my second piece of advice to Tony Robbins. But I was <laughs> like, Tony, Tony was shilling that whole book. Let's be honest. Dude. He was shilling that whole book. And I listened. I was a guy who who listened to Personal Power when it was on uh, cassette. Okay. I I also feel like he kind of not to get on it. We're, we're we're tangenting here, and then we'll close. I feel like with money. He kind of went through every topic on money and just like provided like a little bit of 
of nugget yes. on it, right? It was almost like the Wikipedia of yes. money, right? And it was definitely written by other people and he didn't read it. And I was kind of I was underwhelmed. That's what that's what that's what Tim Ferriss did in Tools of Titans. And everyone has to praise, oh Tim, good job for doing a compendium of your podcast. And everyone's, oh my God, you know, which is fine. Not hate, I like Tim. I like his podcast. But it's like, you know, are we are we same thing with money? Are we praising the book because it's a good book? Or we praising it because it's Tony Robbins' money book, and he hasn't written one in twenty years. Yeah, you know, and that was just at the time he was coming back to social media. It was like 2015. He's like, guys, I'm coming to Instagram, <laughs> everyone. Yeah, and then he came out with Netflix. I'm not your guru, and um, you know, I thought the whole thing was a little bit of a corny comeback, but I know we're yeah. Well, so dude, I I appreciate the recommendations on the two principles books. For our listeners, check out yougurus.com slash podcast. If you listen to this week of, you're going to see Daniel's photo right up there at the top. Click on him. You're going to see lots of takeaways. You're going to see links to both of Ray Dalio's books. You'll see links to Brave. We will try our best to link out to some of the projects, some of the things that were referenced on today's show. Uh, some of them might be easy. Some of them might not be easy. But if you're like, hey, I just want to see a grab bag of all the stuff that was referenced Go to yougurus.com slash podcast and you'll get those resources. Daniel, how can folks find out more about you? Is there anything that you have that they can check out? Oh, you must certainly have to go to newwaveentrepreneur.com. That's where we're having deep conversations on crypto, Web3, personal sovereignty, psychedelic psychology, and more. That is the hub where all of my stuff is being launched from. So you can check out from there my Substack with articles and essays, including uh, opportunity to join New Wave Premium and get all the stuff I do behind the scenes. And of course, there's also YouTube. You can find me, Daniel DiPiazza, at Daniel DiPiazza on Instagram. And of course, the New Wave Entrepreneur Podcast in all of the favorite places that you would listen to a podcast, Apple, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google, all the places. So hit me up. Dude, we will... uh Put all those links in one place, yougurus.com slash podcast, newwaveentrepreneur.com. Check it out. Get on Daniel's email list. Dude, you're one of the few people that I still read your emails. They don't get sane mailed out. To, you responded. I know. I respond. I re- dude, I read them. I read them. I, I probably don't read yeah. everyone, but uh, but I do read your emails. It, it's been it's been it's been fun to watch your evolution as an entrepreneur. Have a, a, a thank you, sir. I don't know. Maybe I have a ringside seat of it, right? It's it's been fun to to to. That's to right. View. Well, I remember we we you helped me through one of my first launches on Rich Twenty because I was like, man, I did this webinar and this one. You're like, oh no, go back <laughs> and do it like this and you try it like this. And I will give you credit. You gave me, I believe it was you. I think it was you. You gave me one of the best ideas that I still implement to this day. Do you want to do? Oh, do I know, know what it is. is. Do you I know, know what it is. You know what it is? Do you want? Oh, do you want? That want to show you a trade secret? <laughs> the 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 cart closed scholarship is that the uh... <laughs> yes yes well, uh... bro that idea has made me so much money. I love. I can't even calculate. I love that you're still running so much. <laughs> it blows people's mind. Well, I can, uh, I'll, I'll get my address in chat. You can, uh, you can, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Dude, I'm glad, I'm glad that that's <laughs> yeah, send, send me you your, Send time. me your Ethereum address. <laughs> there you we know? go. I will send you, I'll send you my, my, my Bitcoin wallet. Dude, thanks yeah. for, dude, I, I know I, I, re- I mentioned to you, I thought we haven't talked about this stuff on the podcast yet. And I've been watching you delve into this and I was like, man, I'd love to have you come and just riff on this for an hour. And I think we've successfully done that. And I'm hoping that, our listeners are swimming a little bit in 
in excitement and anxiety and trepidation. Right? Warm, and, just, just... and the tide is rising. <laughs> so go ahead and jump in because we're going to surf this new wave together. There, dude, you have a tagline. So, dude, thanks again for being on the show. Hopefully we'll have, hopefully we'll have you back here soon to blow our minds again soon. And I uh, always appreciate your insights. You too, man. Thanks. That was fun. Then that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want that free ebook on how to scale to multiple six and seven figures, all you got to do is DM me on Facebook the word gift at Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. Brent Weaver.